Clap it out, clap it out. 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 Mage Talk is brought to you by Mage Mail. Keep your customers coming back with customer lifecycle email for Magento. Visit them online today at magemail.co. Mage Talk is brought to you by MageMojo, a Magento hosting company. We know that you have a lot of options out there when it comes to Magento hosting, but we want you to give MageMojo a try. Not only do they have the fastest SLA at 15 minute response time in the entire industry, but they will also pay to get you back on your old host if you don't like it. We want to give you this special offer and you can get the code to get that special offer in the middle of the show. Thanks to MageMojo for their continued support of Mage Talk. Mage Talk is brought to you by Commerce Hero. Finding a good Magento developer just got a whole lot easier. Visit them online at commercehero.io. Hello and welcome to Mage Talk episode 112. 112. That's two ones and a two. Phil didn't um, know I was going to do that, but I did it anywho. We're the Magento Community Podcast. This is Philip, And I'm Kalen. Wow. He's uh, he just had a little bit of a Tourette's moment that's, right, in the <laughs> that's, right in the middle of the open here. That's, no that's my it's my standard intro. If this is your first time listening, <laughs> we want to welcome you to the show. Oh wow! Um, doing like the the you're doing the like the the legit uh, radio intro. Yeah, now. I'm feeling a little ra- I'm feeling a little radio feeling, radio <laughs> voice moment. Right? Do you remember now. that? Do you remember Cuba Gooding Jr. in the uh, 1999 classic Radio? <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> Best line Let, of the movie is he turns see, he, add he's this got to the our football. list of eighty seven like movie references that <laughs> he's I, got I didn't the football get. and he's he's got it and and then like something you know major happens and like in every football uh themed movie and then he's like turns he goes put me in coach <laughs> I'll never forget that moment because it was Some, a sincere moment in the movie and I lost it in the theater. <laughs> I just cracked up. It was awesome. So put it me was in like, coach <laughs> It was like a major sports ball moment. Yeah, it was a totally it was so like, sports ball-y. Like some very critical sports ball events yeah, happened. Some really <laughs> sports ballish things were going on. Well, anyway, nice. hey man, it's been like three weeks. How's it going? Yeah, it has, man. I almost forgot who you were. <laughs> well, just in case you forgot, I continued to remind you on Twitter every <laughs> ten or twenty minutes. You know what? I will. I'm going to give you serious props because a few. What? A few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, Give me the I was, props. Give me the I was, props. yeah, I was giving those props, man. So, and then you interrupted me. Um, <laughs> I, I was like, I'm going to trick Kalen. So I was like, here's what I'm going to do. And I, I crafted a whole plan. So I tweeted <laughs> at you the lyrics to Shania Twain's, uh, oh, right. <laughs> I feel like a woman. All and right. I took it all the way up to the hook, which uh, is, you know, man, and then fill in the blank. And I thought for sure that you would tweet, I feel like a woman. And then I was going to retweet it like a million times from all these accounts. But then you didn't, you didn't take the bait because you don't know anything about pop culture at all. <laughs> not, not much. I know like so 20% of, <laughs> wow. I didn't even realize I dodged a bullet there. You dodged a major bullet. Was your, was your whole conversation about code shaming also an elaborate <laughs> attempt yeah. to get me to say that I feel like a woman? Yeah, basically. Yeah. What was the, what was the angle? What was the attack vector on that one? <laughs> it was way more complicated than we have time to explain. So we um, got to talk real briefly about this, the code shaming thing. Yeah, so so, right. so what happened? Tell me the story. 
So basically what happened is that, um, you know, Raphael, Raphael, uh, Raphael, what's Petrini. Petrini yeah. was saying, Hey, I have this idea for an extension thing. We're going to do extension reviews and extension of the week and everything. Everybody's like, everybody's all cool. And you're like, many have come before you all have failed. <laughs> none, none have gotten past three extension reviews. And it wasn't you know, quite what I said, but very close. <laughs> very that was very close. close. And then, you know, you said, hey, well, you know, this can qu- kind of quickly uh, descend into, you know, uh, elitism masquerading as a public service. Very, po- very poetically worded. I think that's why you won, you've won the like wars so far. In yeah, it has nothing there. to do with the actual, it's the pros and, and <laughs> not the, 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 the intent behind basically. it. You're right. Basically. Yeah. Um, and so then, you know, people were kind of kind of going, you know, Back and forth on that, Ash Smith posted an example of uh, and uh, well, a, a Magento two extension provider support saying, "Hey, go comment out the exception that's thrown in the core data collection class." And that was like an example. Miguel Balparta um, jumped in and say, "Hey, hey, look, you know, I'm all for code shaming. Like when you've got whether it's extension vendors or different companies or individuals." That are basically, you know, putting people, putting customers in, in 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 harm's way. There's a certain amount of that that's that's justified. And then justified. you know, you know, so then you're like, well, you know, look, you know, don't you know, focus on training. How like like how can you help them to improve? How can you train people? How can you you know, as opposed to just automatically jumping to just going and 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 dropping the shame hammer. Right. Yeah, the shame hammer. I like. And it. I, I'll give you your props because, like I said in my medium post follow up, I should have to put some money in a in a jar every time I say. Every that. time that you like, write a long form medium post about some thirty character rant of someone else's, you have to put money in a jar. Yes. Okay. Um, is that you know you've you've report you found stuff with MageMail, which depending on exactly how we're interpreting you know, who should be shamed for what, you know, you could have posted that publicly and that I was doing a load in a loop, which is kind of a stupid thing to do. Yeah. But I mean, that's not, I, I, I don't know that that particular thing is what Miguel's talking about. I, I think don't think he, so. I don't think I so. I think he's talking more about like things that are, that are, uh, uh, you know, put people at risk, not necessarily performance, but like, you know, totally. security issues. I just want to give you props because you're not saying this in a vacuum. This is something where not just with my extension, but with lots of others, um, some of which we've talked about, where you know you really do put a lot of effort to notify people privately um, about this is not you just talking in a vacuum. Like this is something you actually do and you care about. Um, yeah. And so I, I I definitely respect that. But I, I it just seemed like you were drawing a very hard distinction of like no one should ever be publicly called out for anything. And I think well, you know, let's let's how about I just tell you what I think. And yeah, how about we do that? Yeah, here's let's, here's let's try that for a change. Here's, <laughs> I love the storytelling though. I, I'm glad you did it. My my here's my point. There is a progression that you go through in any career, not just you know as a developer, but you go through a progression in a career where you you go from unconscious incompetent right into to conscious competent, and and I think there's a very specific tipping point at which you're seeking feedback. Um, you want to get better. You know that there are things you don't know yet. You're conscious and competent, and you're trying to get to a better place. And I think people in that place are probably 
ripe and open for feedback. They they want to learn and grow and get better. Right. And and there are forums, not not actual like software forums, but there there are venues that are are good for that type of feedback. Stack Exchange is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ask a question on Stack Exchange or if you post an answer, there's a very clear method for feedback to tell someone why that is a good or could not uh, is a good or is not a good approach to solving a particular problem. That's one one forum. The other one is is on GitHub. If you post code publicly available on GitHub for for anyone to see, then you are open for feedback. You're you're posting it publicly. It's like social media. I'm putting this out there for the world and I expect your feedback. I expect your com your your comments. Yeah. Um those those are great venues for for providing feedback to people who are open to providing to getting feedback. When when you're, what you're talking about is an extension of the week, which in my mind conjures up an image of a a company that is providing commercial extensions. When you provide a, an extent, you start to cross into an area of unsolicited feedback. Nobody's asking, you know, someone to come along and review this stuff. This is uh, you're just at your own will taking someone's code, and you're going. This never, but you know. Unless somebody goes in with purpose to say we're going to point out the good and the bad, and that's our charter from from the get go, this usually just descends into a and here's all the things wrong with it. And the thing that I'm the thing and and, and Mage Karma did that to some degree too. And I think Mage Karma found very very early on, uh, and I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but it, it 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 died out pretty quickly. And that's because every single module in the Magento space has something to criticize. Because we're all hardworking people, but we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. And you know, even even Marius, you know, like I, I'm I'm guilty of this to one degree. Uh, Marius, number one on Stack Exchange, uh, arguably one of the best developers in the Magento community, knows a lot about Magento one and two. Um, you know, I I found something in his his original Easy Easy Life Switcher uh, module, which was like the way of doing swatches three years ago in Magento. And I found something that I felt like was really dumb and, you know, I helped, you know, try to rewrite it for him. But, you know, I, I put some public feedback about it. But I, I was kind of like poking fun too. Like if this is Marius's code, I don't feel so bad about mine. That's not right. Um, it's like a notch under your belt. It's like, hey, a I, little found, bit. I found something wrong with this guy who's, but who's... is that helpful to Marius or is that does that just elevate me? And that's the point that I'm trying to make is that it's very hard to create a a forum or a blog or any other place where you provide useful feedback or review of code without descending into a, I know better than you. And this is all the things you should have done better. I I just, I don't see that that turning, I don't see that turning out really, really well. What I think will be helpful for a community is to say, is to use that, that feedback is to use that thing those things that you find to provide useful feedback to the developers whether they take it and run with it or not is is up to them what we should be qualifying things for is does it do what it says on on the 10 does it uh solve business objectives does it make you know does it make uh extensive modifications to magento that would uh you know prevent you from using other modules like those things i think are fine because they're they're all little insular you know these these things aren't tested really in in mass and 
And so some of that feedback is fine, and I don't think damaging to a company, but potentially just ripping code apart, I think, can be. And that's, I mean, I, that's my point. The, yeah, and, and point taken. I think this is where I go back to what I said in the Medium article that I wrote, which is that I really think you guys actually don't actually disagree on the nuts and bolts of this. If you were to say, should and the, somebody like Marius in that example be publicly shamed for that, I think everybody would agree no. I think the cases where it is probably appropriate is you have a vendor telling you to common out a core exception, which um, maybe that's a junior developer that doesn't know any better, but that's, that gets you, well, yeah, but that gets you into a certain point where the company has a responsibility to provide a certain level of support. Um, They could be, they could be severely damaging their, 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 uh, their customers. Um, And, and in a lot of cases you have merchants that are not entirely or, or, or extension vendors that are not entirely scrupulous. Um, and that's another class of, well, of issue. I mean, so that, I think that, that <clears throat> whenever, yeah. whenever I would like like be evaluating an extension, um, you know, I'd kind of ask around, "Hey, what do you guys know about this?" Oh, yeah, it's great, it's awesome. Oh no, it has a bunch of issues. And that's something that we have a lot of context, as we know a lot of people. We can ask for feedback. Not everybody has that context. So if you know the ten or twenty worst extensions that had significant, you know, systemic issues with them, were on some kind of a hall of shame. No. Possibly named MageHallOfShame.com. Would I be upset about <laughs> that? that? Probably, probably okay. not. If there is somebody that gets in there that's a legitimately good person trying to do the best they can and correcting mistakes as, as they're mentioned, then yeah, they shouldn't. I mean, so so I think the devil's in the details, and and you know, probably doesn't justify us talking about it for another hour especially yeah probably since. not but let's let's i, I do want to because i like to have the last word my <laughs> <laughs> no i you can you can totally have the last word i'll let you have it but you i do want to say one more you thing take my, the last word thank you sir my 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 feeling is that if if i'm growing in my career if i'm growing as a developer then i should be able to look back six or or eight or 12 months ago and say i was a horrible developer back then right agreed and and Wow, I can't believe I ever did it that way because this is the better way. The the problem is is that that progression doesn't necessarily happen when by reading people's blogs and reading best practices and white papers and maybe it happens that way, but it usually happens through you learning from your own mistakes. And and when you create the kind of community which is quick to point out people's mistakes, Maybe maybe they're not learning from their own mistakes. They're having their own mistakes publicized and kind of shoved in their face. Most of these modules that we're talking about, you know, in general, uh, are under a hundred dollars. You know, they're 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 a hundred hundred dollars and less for discrete functionality on a website. Maybe our standard is just too high of what we expect. You know, of what we expect out of that kind of code, and maybe we should be looking at it more as a boilerplate or a starting point. For us to 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 craft on top of it, because no one buys a module, just installs it, and it's over and done with. Uh, it's I mean, for like a front end functionality, anyway. You know, most of it needs to be catered for the look and feel of your site, for the functionality of the business requirements. They're all a starting point, and I think from a from a from a, I don't know. I just I I, I feel pretty strongly that it it you know. If you want to help people, if you truly want to help people, it's the Talmudic sort of, uh, 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 you know, th- there, there's this axiom, this Talmudic axiom that's like, you know, the, the best deed uh, that you can ever perform is the one that nobody ever knows about. And if you really want to be, if you really want to help people and you really want to perform 
good deeds, then maybe helping someone without having to publicize it everywhere and elevating yourself is the better way to do it. I guess that's the point I'm making. Agreed. All right. I'll I'll, I'll accept it. I'll accept it. Uh, (laughs) So speaking of uh, good deeds. Yeah. Speaking um, of good deeds. Are you're skipping way down? (laughs) You want to go back to the top? We have a doc doc. now, but we we don't use it. We have um, a doc, people. Okay, we have a doc. We have a right? doc. We know what we're doing here. We have the best docs. Everybody loves our docs. <laughs> they say our docs are the best. Ask anybody; they'll tell you. My friends, they call me. They tell me my docs are amazing. Um, no, we're making but, docs uh, great again. <laughs> so you're gonna be just... so tired of hearing about docs. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna get so tired of winning. So uh, <laughs> speaking of getting tired of winning, uh, Magento just <laughs> released. CE 2.1.3. This is great. Um, this just landed like a hot minute ago. Um, yeah. They published yeah, it like, on December 14th. Like three hours ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, so which we, is cool. We haven't even really drilled in depth into it. It's funny because we had this one item queued up to talk about, which is kind of a criticism. And then you're like, by the way, they did just release a huge release <laughs> with like 90 <laughs> bug fixes. And we're going to mention the one thing that didn't get done. Which is which is in classic form. So apparently, what is this that you were saying? I don't know if this is off the record, on the record, but you were saying about certain platforms. You're like, I don't know if this is off the record, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Well, I'm I'm going to mention it in the abstract. No, I, other- like if let's 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 in the abstract. If if you if you were a competing platform and you were looking for things to to you know every every piece of software, every business really has like a hit sheet on their. Uh, on their competitors, right? You you know where you compete. You know how how good you do. Uh, uh, now now now, Kalen's typing to me saying, "Are you serious? We can't mention that because I think it's hilarious." Well, whatever. I didn't I don't know, know if we could or not. Okay, uh, it's fine. It's fine. Well, no, it's funny now because when now we're talking about not talking about it, so that's <laughs> it's great. Um, no, I, I I so I've gotten we a little bit of feedback. We may have heard that Mage Talk has become a source for certain. Entities to to list out Magento's yeah. shortcomings. Yeah, we we may have we may or may not have heard that from people that matter. Um, so so it's interesting because we're in this weird space where I, I really want us to, you know, maybe maybe not always with the passion and the fervor of the Philip Gone Wild episode where I just went bonkers and I was like shouting into the microphone um, all the things that have ever frustrated me ever. We got um, some good feedback on that, actually. Actually, uh, yeah. If you were to take just feedback alone, which you guys very rarely give, <laughs> um, if, you, if you were to take just feedback alone, then then that would be the best episode that we've ever ever done. I Bob Schwartz himself wrote wrote us a tweet saying how he really enjoyed that episode. We're right? going to come out with a Gone Wild series. So, for <laughs> example, we'll have Bob Schwartz Gone Wild, and it'll just oh, no. be like a crazy, like, ranty interview. We've already yes. done a couple of Yoav Gone Wilds. Oh, my gosh. Yoav's gonna, always wild. We're going to publish them as a, as a series. Um, not, not really, but maybe. So... Um, um, Anyway, yeah, but anyway, so that so was So anyway, yeah, so Magento, Magento, uh, it's interesting because, you know, we, we're becoming a little bit more uh, visible, I think, and so people are, are seeing, you know, we're like an aggregator of all the good and bad things that Magento does. Yeah. So totally. if you want to stay up to date on things that Magento is doing right or wrong, listening to Mage Talk might be the easy way to do that, which is kind of, you know, for good or bad, I guess that's our, that's what we've become. And, and 
So it's a great responsibility, and it's a little bit terrifying. And at the same time, it's like you want to report things that are are it's it's hard news to to talk about. It's hard to you know frustrating things. But we need to give equal time to I think the things that are successes. And you know, Magento. I think there's been a lot of uh, uh, I, I've been watching the pull requests on GitHub. There's been some frustration of you know, long-standing issues that have not been closed yet. And I think Magento is becoming more responsive and sort of operationalizing um, how to fix those and expedite those types of um, fixes from the community back in. And so this new update of Magento 2, um, 2.1.3 um, and 2.011 uh, now uh, includes a lot of those. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, I don't know for a fact because I haven't gone through the entirety of the release notes, but, you know, Essentially, 90, uh, 90 plus issues uh, that were outstanding for you know six or eight months now have uh, been closed, and that's a great step in the right direction. I think Magento has said that they've recognized that it needs to give it, become a much faster, much tighter process. And you know, to to Kalen's point, <laughs> uh, there's some people who are tweeting that there's still stuff open even after this release that have been open for almost a year. Um, I think like five months, Daniel, Daniel Sloaf. Oh, 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 is that Daniel um, Sloaf? So Daniel Sloaf has like a one line change for a bug, uh, for, you know, the number of uses of a coupon. Um, yeah, I mean, you what, know, what, it's, co- it's, it's trivial as far as like the, the impact to like conversion path or, or something like that. It's, it's fairly trivial. Uh, but it, you know, it's, it's a, it's a bug and it's a fix and it's been acknowledged. So yeah, good things happening on the Magento space. I don't want to, I don't want to hit it too hard. I think, I think there we just need to see these updates I think more frequently and probably not always tied to new functionality you know there's um even this release is 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 sort of being touted around increased conversion rates boost your sales reduce chargebacks protect your business and I'm like how about just fix some bugs <laughs> um and if we could get those faster, that'd be cool too. No, uh, they have a ton of they have a ton of bug fixes yeah, in here. Yeah, a lot of bug fixes, a lot of performance improvements. I think there's, you know, some yeah, you know, and and probably some some ones that I think were really material to some friends of of mine who just launched a Magento two store. Um, congratulations to Dive Gear Express who just oh, launched their yeah yeah they're now on Magento two. So congrats nice. uh, to those cats and uh, and you know I it's not an easy thing launching a store on a new platform that has you know that has a little bit of uh, uh, some kinks to work out and they did it and they did it with a you know with a uh, some challenging business requirements, so good for them. Um, so yeah, hopefully this is relief for some of the. I hear there's like several thousand Magento two stores live and in the wild now, which is nuts. Um, that is pretty nuts. Anyway, that is pretty nuts. Um, yeah, it's fun. it's it's funny. It's so easy to be critical. I'm trying to balance that out, isn't um, it? It is. It kind I want of you to think about a... that the next time you write a Medium article uh, about me. <laughs> it should probably be any, any day now. Mage Talk is brought to you by MageMail. MageMail is the triggered email app for Magento. Triggered email can increase your revenue from 8 to even 12%. MageMail is easy and risk-free to try out, and it comes with a free concierge onboarding service. So all you have to do is sit back and watch the orders start to roll in. You can start your risk-free trial today at magemail.co. MageTalk is brought to you by MageMojo. 
a 360-degree customer support Magento hosting company. 360-degree customer support means every facet of your store is under support when you're at MageMojo. That's everything from the performance of your store to code level support in the Magento core, and even patches will be applied by MageMojo on your behalf without your having to worry about a single thing. They have the fastest SLA in the entire Magento hosting realm, and they'll even give you money to switch back to your old host if you don't like them. I want you to try them out today at magemojo.com. That's M-A-G-E-M-O-J-O.com slash magetalk for a special offer. Mage Talk is brought to you by Commerce Hero. Have you ever had trouble finding a Magento developer, whether hiring in-house, looking for a freelancer, or trying to find an agency? We're solving exactly that problem by building a database of developers and agencies with rich profiles, including tags to indicate their specialties, projects they've worked on, endorsements from other developers, and ratings on work that's been completed. If you're interested in that, sign up for free at commercehero.io. Um, we want to give a a hearty welcome to the new front end architect, uh, at Magento, James Zetlin. Yeah. He was recently introduced on the Twitters. Welcome. Welcome aboard. We wish you luck and Godspeed. No, I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's going to be challenging, right? There's some significant front end things. Dude seems like a pretty heavy hitter though. So, but there's some significant front end things to address. Um, it seems like they, they got the right man for the job. We did notice that he had been working at Volusion for like five years Yeah, prior as we were, as we were sneaking around his LinkedIn profile. Yeah. That's uh which is, which is cool. Um, yep. I have a little bit of a background doing some Volusion stuff, you know, like almost 10 years ago. Um, actually, really? you know what? Volu- really? <laughs> You've never heard me talk about that at length. <laughs> oh, you know what? What's interesting is um, uh, Volution's a very interesting company now because they're they're Austin based and um, and they do a lot of investment in the JavaScript community. Mm-hmm. Um, so like they they they'd put on the I think they like almost uh, I don't want to say single handedly, but they played a major role in in a JavaScript conference that I went to there for a few years called TXJS, uh, which was really interesting. Um, mm. You know, really really interesting for. Uh, you know, investing in open source and investing in, in open source technologies, you know, and communities. So um, the fact that he kind of comes from, I know it sounds like, well, Volusion, it's a, it's, you know, it's like a hosted shopping cart, but it, he actually comes from a company that has a big, uh, you know, uh, corporate push toward investing in open source. And that's kind of interesting. Nice. Um, so, yeah, Magento is a great place for him to be. Glad to have you, James. Uh, hopefully you don't wind up in any of uh, Kalen's blogs, but it'll be... Uh, and we look forward to the James Zetlin Gone Wild interview in our yeah. Mage Talk Gone Wild series <laughs> coming to you in finer retailers in spring 2017. Um, question. Uh, yeah. How frequently do you compose or update, Phil? Philip, sorry, Philip. <laughs> uh, you're talking about Magenta 2. Right? Just in general, just as a general rule. Like for anything well, for your composer for your... update. Okay, so in 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 the PHP world, composer update 
or even any package update, like uh, npm update, which any we, package we actually update. Yeah. we do a tr- we do a lot of Node work, so because um, we do a lot of React. So mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. my 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 feel, you're like highlighting and unhighlighting things. It's very distracting. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what a time to be alive! So we we. I really only run composer update when there's a change to a package that I know about. So, yeah. you know, if it's right at the outset, right in the very beginning of installing something, um then yeah, we'll run composer update. Uh there's generally a lock file that locks it down to a specific version that I'm going to get. So, I'll have a very specific version of of uh There's those. always a lock file. There's not generally a lock file. Well, there's I mean, it depends on what you're using. Um there was uh there was an interesting uh, issue recently, I can't remember with what, uh, where the lock file wasn't being generated. So you were getting like willy nilly all these crazy, uh, whatever package you you happen to. Maybe it was with Ghost. I hate Ghost so much now. Um, but uh, I, I think it was with Ghost that a lock file wasn't being generated when you would actually um, uh, uh, install or update or something like that. So anyway, I, no, sometimes true. things happen. But I, uh, I, composer installation is one of those things that I think it's kind of this weird dichotomy. You 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 want the functionality of being able to start a new project with Composer because it just kind of magically does whatever it does to set you up and get you going. Yeah. But it's not a thing you should be using very, very often. Like you shouldn't be starting a brand new Magento 2 project every day, right? That's not a thing people do. Um so it's it's this weird balance of of how often do you really use this. I don't really Find myself composer updating very often. How about yeah, you? Yeah, well, the funny thing is what what got me thinking about this is because, you know, we've talked before about how Magento 2 is set up where, you know, each uh, uh, module is like a separate uh, composer dependency. And, and we've talked about like, yeah. well, the, you know, how easy is that going to be to update? You've got all these, you know, and they've built it in a way that's awesome where each each module is its own its own repo, right? Or it's, it's yeah. A, yeah. And so that's very, it's very nice how it's decoupled. And it's like, well... You know, that could be really hard to update. And then, because I was thinking about my own project, which is in Laravel, very simple set of dependencies, not at all complicated. And I was like, you know, I never compose or update, even with my own, like, very simple project. Unless, like you said, there's something important you know about that you have to. Um, And I just realized, like, I don't know. I don't know if anybody does that. It's like one of those things you're supposed to do. But I don't know if anybody just sits there and does a composer update on or, or any package management update on something that's in production, um, just for kicks and giggles. I know you should, <laughs> and and you know. Well, it's only when you're building, right, or when when you install something that requires an update. Exactly. Um, exactly. But I don't see. You know, you certainly shouldn't be upgrading very often. Um, uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Um, I, I love the idea of having a package manager. If it were fast and seamless, and I never noticed it, and, it were, and like it were trans, like completely transparent, like it happened as fast as you know, as some maybe some as package fast updates. Kalen writes a medium post. Yeah, if it happened at that speed, I mean, this. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, actually, um, I don't. You know, most people probably don't use it a whole lot in the Magento space. But again, like I said, we do a lot of node work. So um, Facebook released Yarn. Uh, which is a uh, sort of like an add-on to Node's package manager npm, um, which uh, it makes npm like six million times faster. Oh, um, cool! And so you know, if if it were fast enough to just run a composer update, just you know, every so often to see like if something changed, you know, in a Git pull, 
if I'm pulling from from my project upstream and I was supposed to run composer update, but I didn't know it, uh, maybe something that could signal signal me to do that. Maybe that'd be interesting. Um, you know, then then if it were fast enough to just automatically do it, that'd be even better. But in the Magento world these days, I see a lot of people complaining about the speed of that, and I yeah. think it's something they're going to fix um, from a developer experience point of view. I, I hear a lot of people talking about fixing that. So yeah, yeah, it is. It is something that's gotten out of hand. I, I saw you tweeting about installing Magento too. So you're talking about this stuff these days. Yeah, dude. So I, every six months, I go in and I install Magento two and see where, <laughs> see where we're at. Play around with it. Um, my buddy actually. Uh, was asking me about, you know, some issue. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll just look into that. I, it's been a while since I've cracked it open. So I went and installed. I hit a, hit a, hit a memory. I hit a weird, the, the, uh, the web installer doesn't seem to work. The command line installer yeah. is a beaut. First yeah, of all, web, I w- web installers never worked for me ever. Yeah. Um, Which 2.1.2, 2, I think it actually did work, but I've stopped using it. I'm going to search the uh, release notes to see if they did anything with the web installer. Ooh, we fixed an issue that blocked using the web installer to successfully set up Magento. Cool. So maybe that's fixed. Um, but yeah, I got a really weird error on that and looked it up and then, you know, did ended up command line installer worked surprisingly well. Um, with, uh, I just went ahead and downloaded the zip. I winkled it. I didn't want to deal with all the composer stuff, but apparently <laughs> that, that actually works pretty smoothly too. Um, and then I was trying to d- set the, the, uh, production mode on that sucker to reproduce some issue that my buddy was running into with pr- specifically with production mode. And it, it just, it just hung there for like, like, I don't know, like seven minutes. And I guess it does take about that long, but it seemed like it was hung. So I just kind of yeah. like, just does take a long job. time. Cause it's got to materialize a lot of, uh, you know, a static, uh, file generator, static stuff, static generator. Did you install uh, sample data? Did you you downloaded a zip with sample data in it? I did. Yeah, that's great. I'm doing a blog right now, and um, it should be live by the time this comes out uh, in two years. Uh, when <laughs> that joke is funny, uh, isn't it? So we we <laughs> right looking... as you said that, I got an IM, and I think I was distracted for like half a second, and I completely <laughs> missed the joke. That's funny. We. Um, <laughs> Uh, I was really intrigued by. Whoops! I hit the microphone. Uh, I was really intrigued by uh, Amazon's announcements at uh, at reInvent uh, for their their AWS conference. I was really intrigued at some of the announcements around Lightspeed or Light Light Sale. Sorry, Light Sale, which is sort of their DigitalOcean competitor for virtual private servers, as low as five dollars a month, and it's almost as cheap as their EC2 unmanaged, mm-hmm. um, but you never have to worry about anything. For instance, something that's been happening to me a lot lately on a bunch of EC2 instances that I run is I get an email every so often that the 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 machine that it's currently running on has been marked for uh, uh, retirement, and so I have to stop it and restart it. This is theoretically something that would never have to happen uh, under the VPS. So um, very interesting stuff. Very user friendly for like one two two click uh, uh, setup of uh, virtual servers, but here's the kicker: mm. it uses the Bitnami um, uh, stuff, uh, the the application uh, uh, launcher. So, like DigitalOcean, you can launch a WordPress blog with one click. Um, this you can launch Magento two point one uh, community with one click. 
And uh, so I've blogged, uh, I've blogged it. It's becoming a series. I I did a a first like a review and then I found a bunch of interesting stuff that can be done there. Um, So I've got a a part two coming up uh, pretty soon. Both of those are going to be on the something digital blog. Um, So you want to check that out. Also just as another plug um, part two of my accessibility for e-commerce series just landed on the something digital blog. Um, and, uh, uh, so, and, and there's some rumors that Magento may syndicate that on their, uh, blog pretty soon too. So really cool stuff happening. We're putting out a lot of really good content on the something digital blog. You should that out. Nice dude. Did you even tweet that? I don't remember. I did. I tweeted it this morning. Um, uh, yeah, I got picked up by Shopify a couple weeks ago too, uh, for some accessibility writing that I did and, and, uh, that's turned out really cool. Um, so yeah, we're, we're talking a lot about accessibility. Uh, there was a big, Dude, big story, awesome. uh, that just came out, um, uh, on QA financial, uh, which is, uh, you know, uh, just, it's like a financial times type type blog. Uh, but they, uh, the EU parliament is basically getting ready to draft a directive that will force private sector companies to conduct accessibility testing when they launch websites. So, you know how there's cookie regulations, for cookie notices, there's going to be accessibility regulations pretty soon as well. We're way um, too happy about that, man. I'm not happy about it so much as, you know, I, I, I think just if we've come to understand how to do responsive web, uh, and it took us a long time to figure out how to do that well, mm-hmm. um, I think it will just be the nature of design will gravitate towards more accessible design uh, pretty soon. Yeah, and that'll help. Yeah, you're right. That'll help people sort of not make you know, accessibility mistakes because the, you know, the, the, the trends in design will trend more towards more accessible experiences. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm curious, like I'm, I'm, I'm thinking through that and I'm thinking like to what extent, uh, you know, there's a cost associated with that, right? Just like there's a cost associated with being required to have an elevator in your, in your, in your, in your business as opposed sure. to just it's like stairs. And I've always wondered exactly how that works. Cause I think some businesses do and some don't, I, I'm, I'm assuming at a certain revenue revenue level, it becomes more of a requirement practical or legally or otherwise. And it's kind of a similar thing. Like I, I think about, you know, these smaller merchants that, um, you know, are dealing with budgets and like that kind of thing would, could hurt them a lot. Well, smaller merchants. So one, if you, if you go read the blog series, uh, I actually give some pretty concrete, um, uh, tips that I think, uh, increase, uh, you know, visibility for mobile, um, that increase it basically like the, some of the mobile best practices can be tied directly to accessibility best practices, um, because they are, um, because you know, a lot of them have to do with text size and contrast between the largest font and the smallest font, um, or the or the type of colors, uh, the contrast ratio between colors; those things all come into play. Um, so it's it's you Got know it. mobile mobile uh, best practice could does have an overlap with accessible uh, design. I think mm-hmm. um, so. It's not hard to talk people into doing things that are good for mobile because it increases conversion rate. And I think if you do design um, transparently for accessibility, where you don't dumb everything down. You don't water it down, but you create good accessible experiences. Uh, you'll actually wind up creating really engaging mobile experiences accidentally. So, and you're right; most people aren't actually creating websites with the intent of spending extra money to make it accessible because they just they're doing it out of the good of their heart. Most of them, 
are, you know, it's a public company who's like mandated to do this, or it's a company that's growing large enough to where um, there are company, there are uh, uh, organizations out there um, that all they do is sue companies uh, that, uh, you know, that uh, haven't. So that, lovely. Yeah, they basically go out and they sue companies for not being accessible, and they do it as like a class action against people who have ever bought from a particular store. Like, are you, have you ever bought from this store? Uh, are you disabled? You know, join our class action lawsuit. Did uh, your to- eyes hurt? No, I'm sorry. I'm totally minimizing like, real. <laughs> no, but issues. it's true. Like, it becomes a cost center for a company. And I think if you can tie that to a replatform or a redesign of your website, um, then you can get some lift on, on, like, it's not purely just a cost of doing business. It can become uh, a great way of, uh, you know, of actually. No, I love that. I'm totally sold to on it. No, I, yeah. I, that's, that's awesome, man. I, I, that totally makes sense. I can see why they pay you the big bucks now. I'm going to, I'm going to read your, your thought leadership and stop talking about this since I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Oh, other people could go, other people could go read it too. You know what my, um, the point that I'm trying to make is, and, and I, you know, I've got some other really cool stuff in the works around talking about accessibility. Um, it's, it's not just about accessibility. I think there's a level of compliance, um, that's being enforced upon businesses and the online space as, as like we just saw, uh, where, um, Cyber Week, uh, you know, for the first time ever, more purchases were made on mobile devices than they were made in real life, uh, or than that were made on non-mobile devices. And we're seeing, all, we're almost at the wow. breaking point, the tipping point. Uh, are you sleeping now? We're almost at this at the tipping point. Oh, of, that's insane! Of the of the of having more people shop on uh, off online than offline in real life. And so we're we're at this precipice where where this stuff becomes really important. And I think uh, compliance will will begin to be enforced in a big, big way on businesses. PCI compliance, accessibility, like ADA compliance. But then there's other things that other people don't think about, like COPPA, which is the Child Online Protection Act, um, and how you market to you know teens and tweens becomes a very uh, could become a very uh, uh, hard thing for your business to to have to to uh, navigate. So there's a lot of cool stuff that actually, it sounds really boring, uh, but when you think, (laughs) when you think about the ways that you have to Mm, solve certain challenges, mm, yes, Uh, Um, come hear my COPPA compliance talk. Mm. It makes me wonder what the future of commerce is going to be. Yeah, exactly. I wish I I had a place to find out. Maybe if there was a podcast, future of commerce. Yeah, like a, like a future commerce podcast like a or something. future commerce podcast or something like that. Anyway. Um, um, no, speaking of the future, I'm true to form. I'm 18 months behind on the whole VR thing, just like I'm 18 months behind on everything. Uh, I start, no, I just started looking into the, the whole VR thing. It's completely blown my mind. I got a demo, and um, I want to throw this out there as an idea for Imagine, for a booth. Uh, I think so. I don't know. Somebody should do a VR arcade for for their booth. How insane would that be? I mean, I have you. That's basically you. You basically come up with the ideas for Mage Mojo's booths. <laughs> Pretty so much. You basically just told us what it's going to be uh, at Imagine. That's what it should be, man. Uh, a buddy of mine actually is building a VR arcade. Um, a uh, VR arcade, like yeah. like like what we had in the eighties, where you like shot uh, pterodactyl polygons out of the sky. <laughs> Remember those? <laughs> kind of like that, but with Oculus yeah. and stuff. Nice. And, and let more polygons. 
Have um, you used uh, Have you used an Oculus? Have I did. Yeah. 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 I got Isn't it, it mind blowing? Does totally, it blow your mind? Totally mind blowing. The only thing that was a little weird was there's a part. I don't, I don't know if this is how they all are. There's a part by my nose where I could see outside of the goggles. Does that happen to you? Or did they no. just? Because it kind of broke my my flow a little bit. But no, it was totally nuts. Like you're. I was doing the demo where I was like on top of a on on like on top of a huge thing, and I was like looking yeah. down the sides, and it, it was. It it's a little, crazy. it's a little trippy that you know that you're not really there, but your body, like, yeah, you actually feel like you feel a little bit of the height, like you feel a little bit, yeah. It's weird. I don't, I don't get it's it. It's like um, you know, but you don't know that you know something like it's that. It's weird. It's so weird. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm stoked about it. You had a few. Just, I know, I know, we're way off topic now. You had a few polls you wanted to cover before we, yeah. Let's bust out up. the polls real quick, man. So I was talking to Willem over a major report, and I said, dude, it's like, man. Be so cool if you had a pro version of Major Port, because uh, you know because we <laughs> let were me talking, help you monetize this. We, yeah, basically he's like, yeah, you know that's that's what that's your thing. So, so I put out this little poll, and we got forty five votes on it, so we're not messing around. But fifty one percent of people said that they'd pay for like a pro version of it that had things like because I was thinking about we were talking about the whole issue of hey how can agencies better notify merchants? How can merchants get better notification? Imagine if there was an API where you could have all of your clients so that you get proactive pings on any issues yeah. and you could notify them, handle it yourself, handle it all in house. Um, so I, I, th- I think that'd be cool. I don't know why I'm dipping my toes into this, but I, I just think it'd be cool to see a, a pro well, version. of that. You, you don't have enough businesses to run right now. And entire, entirely too few businesses to run. Um, so that was, that was kind of interesting. I also ran a That's poll. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, also, I would pay for that. You would, right? I think there's, I, would. I think there's something there, dude. I, think I mean, I don't want, there. I don't want an API. I'm the, don't, please, don't let me. I, I'm not paying for an API. That's dumb. Give me a service, like just sell me a service where I can just plug in some websites. You give me a weekly report. You know, there's so like, many ways to do it. There's so many ways to monetize it. I mean, yeah, you, like just having, you're kind of the king. You're the king of monetizing things. It's so. What it's what I do, man. It's what what I you do. do, bro. It's what you do, it's bro. What I do. It's what it do. Speaking of monetizing things, another poll we did was uh, this idea of a getting immediate expert Magento support. So there's this site called Code Mentor, Code Mentor I don't know if we mentioned this, but they basically, if you run into an issue, you can get somebody immediately, unlike I am or whatever. You pay them, you know, and they help you right away, and you know they they know what they're doing. So. Imagine if you could do that, you get stuck with some Magento specific issue and you could get some immediate support um, from like some really top, yeah. top dudes. That'd be kind of cool, right? Yeah, that would be cool. Is that a business you're starting? Well, that, that could be a commerce hero. Oh, that's a commerce hero thing. Yeah, that's yeah a that, could be, that could thing be a thing. I'm yeah, that's kind of cool. Thinking about, yeah, just plug in some kind of immediacy features into it. Anyway, we got 145 votes. 17% said, shut up and take my money. Which is uh, <laughs> which is twenty five people, not too bad. Eight uh, percent said maybe. Seventy five percent said nope. But one thing on the nope, like one person that replied to it, and they're like, "What do you mean by expert? I'm not sure. I believe this whole expert thing, which is kind of what it all hinges on. Like if somebody's like a quote expert and they're not really, they really suck, right? Then it, it wouldn't be very useful. But if they're genuinely like if you could give Vinay to help you with some like Magento two katas that you needed to do like ASAP for like a Friday deadline, you know that'd be amazing, right? Yeah, it would be cool. I think. Um, I I, I think these things are are tough because you you're selling someone's time 
um, in 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 buckets or like fractions of of of, of other buckets. I don't know. You're like you're selling someone's time. You're not necessarily selling a means to an end. Like you're you're not getting an expert to solve all your problems for you. You're getting someone to consult, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. that's I. I uh, uh, satisfaction with a service like that is a really hard thing to achieve. I think. I, th- I think like that's the the key. There is 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 people being satisfied with the experience and being able to chat with somebody. Um, and that usually, especially in the developer space, it usually has something to do with like, can this person help me solve my problem? If I chat, you know, if I pay, let's say, I don't know what the the price would be, but let's say it's seventy five bucks for a half hour chat with somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't solve my problem in that seventy-five dollar spend. I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna feel worse than oh, yeah, I did before. Totally. Yeah, totally. So totally. it's it's like, and 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 sometimes like it could be. Well, my website's slow, and they start getting in there, and they're like, "Holy cow! Look at all these problems! I'm gonna code shame you on Twitter." <laughs> um, and uh, you know, <laughs> and then Kalen's gonna write a medium article about you. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it all comes down to how how really effective they could be at, at helping you. But I think if if you can work with people that really have dealt with the specific issues, I mean, you're dealing with a coupon issue in Magento 2, and you can yeah. pull up Daniel Slope to help you for a half hour. That's true. It's going to most likely be, you know, it's going to be worth the 75 bucks and then some. Um, but anyway, just just kind of a... Just no, I like a, it. I like it. Maybe iterate on that a bit. Actually, you know what? It's a great point for feedback. If you guys would use a service like that, you should uh, let us know in the comment section on magetalk.com. Uh, all you have to do, if you go to magetalk.com, click on the episode number. Um, you know, this is one twelve. Click on one twelve. Go to the bottom of the page. Boom, right there. There's a big box for you to put all of your hopes and dreams into. Type it in the big box. You know, type it in the Phil big box. Phil won't respond to your feedback. He will complain about it, but I that's will that's probably true. To your feedback. Oh, hey, one last thing just before we go. Uh, congratulations to Rebecca Troth for completing her Mage. Uh, certified solution specialist exam. So yes. congratulations. Congrats. Um, glad to have another uh, uh, you know certified person among the rank of the uh, Magento content generation uh, uh, people. Um, so that's kind of cool. I'm I'm really stoked to see how she's like kind of growing, and we're all watching it, and that's that's super cool. Um, if only she could write the course into I Need a Hero um, uh, for for Commerce Hero, then. You know the circle would be complete. Please, please, we've got to finish that song. Uh, Anyway, all right, wrap us up. Thanks for listening. We hope you have a great week, and we will talk to you next week. (laughs) Until then, (laughs) do some sweet magenta stuff. Do some stuff and keep it on the realsies. Keep it on the realsies. Do some code shaming, not too much, just a little bit. Not too much, just a little bit. Little write a medium post about it. And most importantly, leave a comment to tell us about all of your exploits during the week. We will see you next time. Adios. Peace.